Hi everyone, my name is Gabriel and this is the Hour of the Raven, your channel for everything Ravenloft, RPG, Dungeons and Dragons and horror. Today we will explore the history of Sidicus, a past marked by tragedy, remorse and guilt, which insists on remaining in the shadows of oblivion. Are you ready? Then let us continue through the ruins of the Vedrava salt mines, unveiling dark events that forever changed the face of Sidicus. Those looking to study and research the history of Sidicus will face a great challenge. Autogre realm emerged from the mists in the year of 720 of the Barovian Canada. These lands have a remote past, shrouded in ancestral tragedies and a tumultuous and violent recent history. Trying to dwell on the mystery of its past, we encounter resistance, apathy and denial from its inhabitants. The long life expectancy of the elven race and the short period since Sidicus was unveiled by the mists give us the false hope and expectation that the history of this realm would be abundantly recorded and remembered by the elves. However, the remote past of these lands seem to insist on being forgotten. The sad and melancholy elves, whose existence far precedes the appearance of Sidicus in the lands of the mists, are reticent and vague when asked about the history of these lands. The fact that we are strangers and do not share elven blood makes us unworthy listeners to the ancient tales of the elves. We wouldn't have a better luck looking for historical records. Although the elven cities of Sidicus have libraries that supposedly hold the ancestral knowledge of the elves, the ancient buildings are abandoned and neglected with their books getting lost in mold and moisture. In the city of Mao Erek, where old history books were supposed to be held, we found the guardian and librarian of the place overcome by madness and devouring the moldy pages of ancient tomes of knowledge. The little we could extract from the elves, we obtained through information gathered to some individuals intoxicated with the tears of the left, the wine known for arousing melancholy and losing the tongue of its connoisseurs. The elves of this kingdom claim to be from the ancient elvish civilization of the Sylvanesti, and claim that the lands of Sidicus is a sad reflection of the ancient world of Krim. These lands were once part of the kingdoms of Lord Lorenzoth, the Knight of the Black Rose, a fallen knight corrupted by evil, for whom these lands were swallowed up by the mists to become his prison. The Dark Knight had fallen from grace in dishonor, becoming involved in bloody murders and being responsible for a terrible cataclysm that devastated their ancient world. For his sins, he was cursed to become a death knight, an undead horror, and attracted the attention of the dark powers, becoming trapped in the lands of the mists. Reports indicate 
that this dark night roamed the lands of Barovia and Gundarak, and rumors suggest that he even confronted both rulers of these domains before he finally came to the misty border to the south of Gundarak, where the lands of Citicus were revealed by the mists in the year of 720 of the Barovian calendar. From this moment, the history of Citicus can be followed in more detail and it proves to be a troubled and violent tale. Rotsoth, with the help of his crew Seneschal Azrael Dak, took possession of a keep of blackened stones located in the middle of the Great Chasm, naming it Fort Nedragad. He imposed his tyrannical rule on the elven cities of the realm. At his side were thirteen undead knights, his loyal retainers from the past swallowed up by the mists to serve him, as well as three benches that used to torment him every night with a constant litany of his sins. Faced with a powerful enemy, the elven city soon submitted to Lord Soth. To keep everyone in check, Azrael created the Politskarai, a secret police to watch over and spy on any attempt of rebellion and dissent that were punished with brutal executions. However, in the wilderness areas of Citicus, especially in the Iron Hills, a group of wild elves opposed the rule of Lord Soth. One of the bloodiest periods of the history of Citicus began, known as the Citican Civil War, in which Lord Soth tried to establish absolute control over his lands. The wild elves used guerrilla tactics and took advantage of the fact that the Iron Hills extended over the border of the domains of Citicus to keep themselves out of reach of their swarm enemy. These elves attacked merchants, burned buildings and houses of humans who intended to settle in these lands, and cruelly killed everyone who served Lord Soth. Azrael compelled several of the inhabitants of Citicus to compulsory military services, and there were many military expeditions to confront these wild elves. These rebels were never destroyed, and many were the soldiers and commanders that were sent by Lord Soth to the hills, only to be murdered by the equally brutal wild elves. During this period, Lord Soth created an intricate means of selecting new commanders, compelling gamblers to take the military command of these expeditions through games of chance. For two decades, the Sidican civil war raged across the domain, and despite the bloody battles, there was no winner. Although Azrael remained in control of the armies and his secret police, Lord Soth seemed to lose interest in his own land and isolate himself within his fortress. In the year 738, Sisychus received a visit from the Wanderers, a caravan of Bistani led by Magda Kulchev. Coming from Gundarak, the Bistani sought shelter in Sisychus, and Magda seemed to have some strange relationship with the mysterious Lord Soth. A rowdy of the caravan negotiated with Lord Soth the terms of their stay in Citicus and asked for the protection of Lord Soth. 
This was one of the last appearances of Lord Soth, and shortly after this meeting, the Dark Knight retreated to the isolation of his fortress. For many years, the shadow of Nedragar has not been seen in his domain, and some have even speculated that he could have been destroyed. Other rumors pointed that the Dark Lord of Sidicus had retreated to his throne room, where he remained imprisoned in his own memories due to magical mirrors that decepted illusionary scenes from his own dark past. Whatever affected Lord Soth, the domain of Sidicus suffered from his cathartic state. Tremors began to occur frequently, opening rifts in the ground and those who tried to leave the borders of the domain found themselves overcome by madness. The inhabitants of the realm were also slowly beginning to be overcome by madness, while their own memories seemed to be affected by this mysterious mystical effect. Perhaps this strange event is what prevents historians from unveiling the ancient past of Sidicus, since most of its inhabitants seem not only to refuse to speak about the past, but also to show signs of confusion and forgetfulness. Azrael took advantage of his troubled times to consolidate his power in Sidicus. The infamous dwarf began to behave like a despot, and the true ruler of the land, diverting resources to his coffers, training troops loyal to him, and spreading intrigues through his secret police to weaken his enemies. In the year of 743, all floors of Sidicus turned black during the spring, except for the white roses that grew on the Iron Hill. The normal hue returned after a short time, but for nine years this blossoming of dark flowers was repeated, foreshadowing major changes that would come to Sidicus. During this period, Sidicus was also affected by a strange plague. The ancient fever began to plague the communities of Sidicus. The disease started with a fever and then progressed to the appearance of pustules, as well as extreme pallor and bleaching of the hair, followed by the rapid decline of the body and mind, as if the victim was undergoing rapid aging. These strange disturbances that afflicted Sidicus ended when a group of adventurers invaded Fort Nedragard and managed to somehow awaken Lord Sof from his state of torpor, breaking his illusionary prison in the memory mirrors in the year of 744. While Lord Sof remained an absent figure in his domain, Azrael had great interest in the activities of the salt mine in Beidrava. Several human groups came to undertake the mining activity under the command of the Dwarf, who also directed several prisoners to their community to carry out their forced labor sentences. The activity yielded great profit to Azrael, and the Dwarf spent more and more time in the depths of the mine where rumors said he had discovered ancient ruins of a black chapel and an underground lake of dark waters. After Lord Soth's awakening, 
the only situation that seemed to attract his attention were the reports of a mysterious figure who led the wild elves, known as the White Rose. Rumors say that this mysterious enemy was a woman of great beauty, and the search for her identity and location became an obsession for the Black Knight. For a long time, Azrael took advantage of Lord Soft's disinterest to rule Citicus with an iron fist, and although he did not have the strength or courage to confront Lord Soth, Azrael began to conspire against his overlord. Azrael formed secret pacts and alliances with Malokyo Adere, the tyrannical ruler of Invidia, and with Inza Kuchev, the treacherous doctor of Magda, the rowdy of the wanderer's caravan, who roamed Citicus under the protection of Lord Soth. In 750, Invidian's forces launched a series of small attacks on Citicus' borders. Invidia demanded that the Citican government handed over the Wanderer's caravan, the Vistani, under the protection of Lord Sof, to be exterminated in the genocidal campaign promoted by Malokyo Adere. These distractions forced Lord Soft to intervene in the defense of his lands and guarantee Azrael time to fully develop his plan to depose his master. Despite Malokyo and Invidia attempts to invade and exterminate the Vistani, the caravan led by Magda Kuchev were devastated by an attack of supernatural nature when shadows murdered their leader and most of their tribe. After this tragic event, a clear and bright moon appeared over the skies of Sidicus, and for a short time, the night sky was frequented both by Solinari, the clear and bright moon, and Nuitari, the dark moon. This event was the sign of great changes that would soon come to Sidicus, and some speculated that it was an omen about the fall of the Dark Knight Lord Soth. Military forces of Invidia began their invasion of Sidicus and marched against Fort Nedergard, and Lord Soth raised his army of undead to defend his fortress. As the battle began, in the south mines of Veidrava, an unholy ritual was conducted by Azrael in order to become the new Dark Lord of these lands. This ritual would result in the events known as the Hour of Screaming Shadows. In that night, as the undead knights of Lord Soth led their armies against the troops of Invidia, a new moon appeared in the sky, a moon as red as blood. Solinari, Lunitari, and Nuitari, the three moons of Krim, shone together for the first time in the sky of Sidicus, as if these cursed lands were somehow connected with their original world again. In horror, however, the inhabitants of Sidicus realized that their shadows were being sucked away from their bodies. These shadows were first swallowed and gathered in the Vedrava South Mines. Something, however, seemed to have ruined the ritual and caused the shadows to rise in the air 
like a large sphere of darkness, or a black moon, and hover above Fort Nedragard. The black sphere of screaming shadows rose to the heights in the sky, until it finally collapsed over Fort Nedragard, consuming the building in black flames and destroying both armies that fought in its surroundings. The fort burned to ruins, and since that date, no one has ever heard of the whereabouts of the infamous Lord Soth, the Knight of the Black Rose. That night became known to the Sitikan people as the Hour of the Screaming Shadows. The three moons that glowed over the sky of Sitikus merged into a single moon of clear and bright light, but attentive observers can identify red and black auras around the moon. That night, the shadows of the inhabitants of Sitikus returned to the rightful owners, but many believe that a new darkness and corruption now contaminated their essences. Azrael emerged from the minds of Vaidrava, and his behavior in the years that followed seemed frustrated and maddened. His alliance with Malokyo and Invidia had been destroyed after the events of the Hours of the Screaming Shadows, and he had won the enmity of the Vistani after the sad fate that had befallen the Wanderer's caravan. With the absence of the mighty Lord Sof, the Wild Elves became even more aggressive and violent, resuming their struggle against the tyrannical government of Azrael. The despotic dwarf's response was to increase his violence against the people of Sidicus in a desperate attempt to reaffirm his control over the realm. However, true power seems to escape from Azrael's clutches, as if he tried to grab his own shadow, and a much greater darkness is now plaguing Sidicus' heart and soul. Our study of Sitikus' past seems to bring us even more mysteries and unanswered questions. However, the mantle of shadows that cover these secrets may be about to be removed, as while exploring the abandoned ruins of the Vedrava South Mines, we arrive at its macabre Black Chapel and the underground Lake of Shadows. Join us, subscribe to this channel and activate the notifications. Let us drink from the salt and dark waters of the lake, and hear what the shadows that inhabit the depths of the earth shall whisper to reveal the most macabre secrets of Sidicus.